The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
yes, yes. What a fun tune that is. A fantastic opening gem. That's uh, by an English band originally formed back in 1972. Uh, And just, yeah, it was part of the whole AM Gold move. And this song, uh, entitled Charity Begins at Home, uh, they put out in 1992 during a little bit of a a comeback, kind of. Uh, was on their album entitled Meanwhile. This, of course, is one of the simplest names to remember. The name of the group is 10CC. That's right. Like I said, they were a rock band. They didn't really sell out for like the disco thing, like a lot of groups coming out around that time did. But they just you know, didn't like the world on fire. But this was, I thought, a great tune and totally appropriate for what we're going to start talking about tonight. Now, before we get to all that, of course, uh, Johnny flying solo tonight as Mr. Michael Sean Lee is out on assignment. Happy times. Something to do about uh, rampant problems with Chrysler vehicles. I don't know. I'm waiting to get the rest of the story from him. So today, you got just me. Now, the good part is, it's me. And the bad part is, it's just me. So we don't have the normal tit-for-tat, fair and balanced uh, approach to all these issues that we normally have when you throw MSL into the mix. But I'll do my best. Not looking to alien anybody, but there are some things that I need to talk to you about. So, earlier this week, uh, I was just combing through, you know, all the standard news outlets. And I do. I, I do CNN as well as uh, Fox. And, you know, admittedly, I don't go anywhere near MSNBC. But I'll check out Reuters, Associated Press, and the like. And, um, you know, one of the stories that's kind of flying under the radar because it's one of those things where I think a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they got duped is the uh, ongoing and growing scandal about the Black Lives Matter movement. And by movement, I mean that specific organization, not the fight for justice and equality or any of that, but the BLM movement as it is... um, as we speak, um, and, and really it's, it's stemming from um, the co-founder of the group, this uh, Patrice Couliers Khan, um, who is also tied to several other fundraising organizations whose finances are, are a little shady. But, um, you know, right now in, in Indiana, they're looking to revoke um, their, their charitable uh, license, their whole non-profit um, stature because well they didn't file taxes in 2020 and that was the year that they made tens of millions of dollars after the george floyd incident and at that point i mean everybody was was tripping over themselves oh i gotta donate i want to be woke and fair and this and that and all that's great but the underlying thing is that you know blm like a lot of other charities, and there are a couple others that from across the spectrum we're going to touch on, um, you always got to be careful who you're sending money to. You know, no matter how good the charity might be, it really depends on the individual or individuals that are overseeing the charity. And, you know, there's there's the work the charity does, okay, the, the hands-on helping out, getting things done. And then there's a myriad of shadowy things that every single business goes through called operating costs, right? And they they vary based on 
the, the charity and the type of business they do and the type of aid that they give. Um, and you can go through and look at all these different charities. And, and some of them fall short because they, they spend too much money on advertising, okay, or the celebrity spokespeople that they choose. Some of them are just bad or badly run businesses, and they wind up spending way too much on their supply chain or their distribution or or whatever. And then there's some which the real unsavory types, as is evidenced by the, these charges filed against uh, uh, Miss Cooler's con, um, spending the money on them themselves. Okay, now this woman's been on a uh, a personal real estate buying spree with mansions all over the place. And uh, her husband apparently runs some large Canadian nonprofit that, that's going through the exact same thing. And you got to say to yourself, wow, you know, I, I wonder what plane of hell Dante would, would put these people on that, that raise charity and keep money for themselves. I mean, to a large extent, we're not even talking, all right, we've made so much money off of my blood, sweat, and tears. I'm going to take a little piece, you know, because now I'm the head of this and I have to be portrayed a certain way. Nah. It's not even that. It's just buying yourself mansions and shit with, with cash you know, for you and your cronies. I mean, shit. You got you, you to be kidding me. And like I said, we got a couple others to hit on this too. So, I mean, the next one in line that's uh, kind of drawn my attention for a few years now, okay? And living on the East Coast, and um, in this case, being a friend or friend, being a fan of the uh, New York Mets, all through their games, and I'm not sure if they do with the Yankees, too. They, they probably do, uh, especially in the radio broadcast. There's this little charity called Cars for Kids, and it's got the worst jingle in the world. And I'm not going to sing it. I'm not even going to put a sound clip in because, trust me, it's an earworm, and, yeah, you're, you're going to hate it. But the basic gist is you sign over an old car, even if it's not running, you know, and, and now out of convenience for you, I suppose, they do real estate also. So they're taking real estate and automotive donations, which, you know, at least in terms of the cars, they scrap or whatever, and the proceeds are supposed to go to uh, children and uh, children's special educational needs, okay? So wherever the public school system falls short, they send money out to, you know, after-school programs and whatnot, or at least... This is what we're led to believe. And also, the, the big thing to remember is that they never single out what group of children or children from where are, are being helped by this charity. Now, Cars for Kids has been around since, wow, I, I don't even know. I'm going to say at least a good 20 years. And it came out a few years ago in a story that was almost immediately squashed. That cars for kids and all the money raised forthwith um, was owned and operated by Orthodox Jews out of Lakewood, New Jersey, and the proceeds were only going towards those students um, that either are in conventional Orthodox Jewish school programs or what they consider, you know, at some distance. Jews who they're looking to bring back and to follow the faith more precisely. Now, here's where it gets spicy. Nobody wants to come out and and blast this because then they feel that in the court of public opinion, they're going to be viewed as anti-Semites. No, nobody wants that, okay? However, 
I think people donating to this charity have the right to know where their money is going. And I think a good many people, if they knew how secular this was, and it wasn't going out to uh, children of, of color, okay, and it wasn't going out to children across the tri-state area, let alone the United States, it goes to one specific area in the Bronx where most of the uh, Hasidic Orthodox Jewish community lives, okay, as well as this town of Lakewood, New Jersey. And it's just, it's one of those things that, I'm sorry, forget political correctness, this is wrong, and someone should hold their feet to the fire, or they shouldn't have buried the story. I'm sorry, okay? Now, no one's as big a supporter for, say, Israel as I am, well-documented, but this is a different kind of situation. You're not singling them out because of their religion. You're singling them out because of a poor business practice and a lack of information for a charity organization being disseminated towards the public, a.k.a. their donors, all right? So I'm calling dirty pool on you cars for kids, you shitbags. All right, another one. Oh, here's one that you would think could do no wrong. This, of course, is the Salvation Army. Look, who doesn't love the Salvation Army? Am I right? They're out there on the holidays with the Santa Clauses and they're ringing the bells. And, you know, sometimes in the city you could still see when they bring out like a little tiny little band, you know, and they're playing their songs and people are putting money in the bucket. And originally it's a um, it's a Christian organization dedicated towards helping the downtrodden, which has been around, I don't even know how long in this country, probably back towards the Great Depression. You would think that the Salvation Army would be beyond reproach, right? Eh, eh. Two things jump out here. They had a little scandal a few years back um, by the former executive director of the Salvation Army, a gentleman by the name of David Rennie. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, uh, a lot of the goods that they were taking in as donations, especially toys, were then being turned around and sold for a profit rather than going to where they were supposed to go. And on top of that, um, again, kind of drawing a parallel to the last group, the Cars for Kids, the Salvation Army doesn't, well, isn't out to save everybody equally, you know? <laughs> they're, uh, they're noted as being somewhat anti-LGBTQ. Um, they've also been known to, you know, be charging people to live in, in dorms, these, these, you know, helpers off the street. And it's kind of like, you know, they're giving you room and board in a dorm-like setting because you're running around with either helping out in the warehouses or standing out there with a bucket or whatever. But it's kind of like they own you, kind of akin to slave labor, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it ain't all about the cute blue uniforms and, you know, their little ranking system or whatever. <laughs> these, uh, these these charities have run amok. you got to be so careful who you give your money to. Now... More often than not, and there are some, to be totally fair, because um, everybody wants to give. It's a natural impulse. You got a little bit extra. You want to help somebody that, that, that needs it, right? There's an excellent website, nonpartisan, um, charitywatch.org, that I was looking through as I was like putting this little snippet together. And they, they list the A-plus ones that have been, you know, fully vetted. They show their, their financial reports, where the money goes, the percentages. It's all laid out right there. So if you're looking for somewhere to put your money uh, and not have to worry about this other crap, uh, 
I recommend starting there. And my other takeaway from looking at all these companies, it is a, a common um, condition where in many cases, up to 30% of what these companies take in goes towards operating costs, this, that, or the other thing. And I can't help but think a lot of that is, is unavoidable, you know, because in the private sector, um, it's difficult running a nonprofit. It is not easy. It's not easy starting it up, and it's certainly not easy keeping it running when, again, the underlying ideal is it's a nonprofit. Obviously, you need to pay the people at the top something because it's a lot of hard work, and you need talented people to again it's like a circle of life again to keep all those costs down you need to have knowledgeable people that have done it before so again distribution costs a necessary evil but i liken it to my own business experience where they say you know labor is the most controllable expense and you want to keep it in that like 10 to 12 percent range uh sometimes it's easy to do that sometimes it isn't but you know it it it, it comes with the, with the business and the situation so i don't hold that against the companies they should always do whatever they can to you know tighten it up and just get as much money as possible um to the people that need it or the pets or whoever it is that you're donating the money to and yeah even though they all say 100 percent of proceeds go to you know xyz people that need it rarely rarely is that the case and then you know as an end cap on it uh it's also very important just to steer clear of any of these charities that are calling you on the phone, okay? And because they're all crooked, okay? In my experience, if 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 anybody, a business, a charity, uh, a financial institution, if they're not willing to send everything they could tell you on the phone via documents, you know, through the mail, um, the, 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 then they're full of shit, okay? And they're fake and they're trying to take your money. It might as well be that that prince in Nigeria. But if, uh, instance, if you ever get anybody on the phone that's asking you to donate money, all you need to do is just tell them, um, how do I contact you? Because I'm not ready to donate now, but I will perhaps, you know, next week or the week after. And generally, they're going to flip out on you because they're crooks and they want your money right now. Or if they're legitimate, they will happily give you information because they know that perhaps it's some date you'll donate money towards their cause, which to them, because they're probably not paid volunteers, is the most important thing at the end of the day. So keep that one in the back of your hat, especially um, if you're like me and you have elderly parents at home who, you know, over the years have donated this and that, and, you know, your view on everything changes. <laughs> Once you cross the 70-year-old the threshold, you want to start giving to everybody. And, uh, yeah, that's who they prey on. And whether it's... Uh, the fraternal order, the police supposedly calling or the local fire departments. There's just so many scams out there, especially ones that are looking to help children and cancer victims and veterans and animals and all these things that we all love to rush to help. Uh, just be careful because there's a lot of scammers out there. Okay? Okay. Well... Enough of that. I think it's about time to go into our middle gem. And today, uh, the middle gem has to do with our subtopic, which will be coming up. And it's about what's uh, going on in the schools. And in the second segment, we're going to bring back a show favorite, Professor Heinrich Snoof, 
with another segment of The Doctor is Incognito, and he's going to touch on this too, but don't let me put the cart before the horse. How about we spin you a little classic Pink Floyd, another brick in the wall, and we'll be back in a couple more minutes with some things and stuff.
Yeah, there it is, kids. Such a solid tune. I mean, who doesn't love every song on the wall? And who doesn't go through that phase in their life normally when you go away to school, if you're so lucky, to uh, to go through uh, a Floyd phase? We all do it, right? And there's probably also a lot to be said for the, for the Doors phase. We all do it. But, uh, yeah, that's when I first encountered the magic of uh, Pink Floyd, and especially the wall. When I went away to school, thought I knew a little something about something, but I didn't know shit. Now, that tune, like I said, of course, is Another Brick in the Wall uh, from The Wall, sent out in 1979, uh, a seminal piece of rock and roll. Yeah, because really, Pink Floyd itself is uh, very theatrical, kind of bluesy, you know, not necessarily rock and roll, but yeah, they, they fit in the genre. Amazing shows and, and even, <laughs> like I was exposed to, I don't think they even do this anymore, Laser Floyd. Did you ever do that? Go into the planetarium and lay them on your back and they play Pink Floyd songs while the, the, the weed smoke is so thick you can cut it with a rusty butter knife. Ah, oh, the good old days. Good old days, yeah. But I like that song because it's kind of about how, you know, things that are taught in the schools, and this is in no way, shape, or form a, a, a vilification of the teachers. It's all these, like, board of educations here and there. Did you ever notice that? It's not the teachers. The teachers are like you and I, and they got kids and their parents, and they get it. You know, they're the source of the knowledge. But the the board of education, these creepy bastards, you know, they're the ones that dictate what the teachers can and can't teach the kids, and then exactly how, sometimes more intrusive than others, how they have to go about teaching the kids. And I think that's where a lot of the problems stem from. Okay, just from what I've seen. So. I felt that was appropriate. And like I said, we are leading in. We haven't heard from him in a while. We brought in uh, Professor Heinrich Snoof for his segment, The Doctor is Incognito, because he had a couple things he wanted to uh, wax on about that are in the news these days, and we just love having that quirky son of a bitch. So without further ado, it's time for another edition of The Doctor is Incognito. All right, all right, let's bring him in. Yep, there he is, the man of the hour, Professor Snoof. How are you? Yes, yes, thank you, Johnny, and welcome, everyone, to another scintillating episode of The Doctor is Incognito, and I am your host, uh, Professor Heinrich Snoof. Good to have you, Doctor. Oh, in this episode, Johnny, I wanted to talk about... uh, some laws and uh, the uh, legislation in Florida oh, okay. uh, that seems to be in the news these days. Yep, sure is. Uh, specifically, the the law they call "Don't Say Gay." Yeah. Yes, yeah. that is. Well, no, 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 no. They don't say they don't say gay in the right. law. It's got a number. No, I don't know how they get the name. You know, the liberals they. <laughs> They just, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, it's so it's it's got a uh, a number yeah, on the name, and uh, yeah, they say don't say gay. So, basically, uh, it says you know you don't want to talk to children in the classroom over the the sex talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the the thing now where they don't know if there's a boy or girl 
und yeah, what the the, the the peepee does and yeah you know, the, the, the sex talk that. so uh, they sure. say the children uh they're too young to understand or talk uh, about this and it should be the job of of the parents at the right. home to talk about uh, the sex talk and and what the peepee goes and mm -hmm. yeah yeah yes i do agree i i i, I do agree uh, yes, and agree. you may find it surprising and uh, since my my both scientific and military background are uh, sometimes facilitated uh, practices which were uh, sometimes deemed a little um, uh, macabre yeah, or strange yeah true but no <laughs> trust me nothing is as strange as as talking to kindergarten children about sex. You uh, see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you could say that. Uh, it's it's the liberal left and, and mm. the woke generation. Oh, I'm so sick of hearing that. Right? Oh, they want to wake up. I give them something to wake up to. Oh, you trust boy. me on this, Johnny? I bet you would. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 only the the, the one state. But uh, so I believe it is only a matter of time right. before right. it would spread. So that is why people are, are upset. And mm -hmm. yes, yes, uh, I, I was listening to a, uh, a a previous episode of the Riffs and the Rants. Yeah, we talked you, about you it. And you touched on that with Michael Shoney. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Some people just they they don't mind. They think it's okay or. Or they might say, well, they're going to learn on internet anyway. Yeah, some people um, say that. To which I say, I don't know many kindergartners on internet uh, reading articles with, with words that are uh, bigger than, than they are. You yeah, know, I, just, I heard, I'm silly that way. But um, my personal opinion, these are things, again, that should be mm -hmm. taught in their home. Uh, it is not the place of anybody else to, to tell us what to do. Now, right. that being said, um, one of my good friends uh, started a, a company many, many years ago. Uh, Mr. Walt Disney. I, I know you, you heard oh, of sure. him. He did the funny the cartoon thing with the, with the duck and the, right. and the, the goofy Mouse. and the dwarfs. And, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah he he's, he's a weird one too. But we shared the same... Political views, we, yeah, we, we yeah, did. did. Uh, yeah, well, well, we'll talk about that another day. But right, yes, Walt enough. Disney, I we were friends uh, back in the day, as, as the kids mm. say. Um, and now they've gotten involved too, and their employees uh, are saying yay. And then now there's the others, um, other employees say no. Mm. And um, I have found as as good practice in my life making decisions and establishing policy uh, not to take the word of people who dress up in, in big fuzzy costumes oh, and don't talk normally. Absolutely. Or, or, or people who, <laughs> who say, please step out to the right yeah. as the ride comes to an end. I, I, I don't think they're experts on, on much. No. I'm going to have to no, agree with you there. Um, Again. So, so those are my feelings on, on that. I just mm -hmm. wanted to come on and say that and, and also uh i'm very upset that my my um uh, uh paramore 
uh, Tula McBride is no longer with the station. That's yeah, very bad, John. Yeah. Maybe you uh, you hire another muse for me, perhaps. Yeah. Well, we'll I come see. by a visit. We'll I, I bring her some 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 strudel. Oh uh, no, no 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 actual. I I know that was out of line, but yeah, no, this was. time I will I will bring actual strudel uh, baked actual, goods or okay. some schnitzel, perhaps. I don't okay. know. Okay. And maybe a, a bottle of the Jägermeister. <laughs> so just to loosen her up. So so again. So Thank you so much. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. It, yes, yes. Spring is here. I'm so excited. It is yeah. time to to uh, to do the landscaping and make everything perfect and and beautiful. I see you've already started too. Very yes, good. We have. Very good. Must maintain an orderly orderly neighborhood. All Indeed. right. All right. Indeed. Of course, I'm right. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, again. This is uh, Professor Heinrich Snoof with The Doctor is Incognito. All right, outstanding. Thank you so much, <laughs> Professor Snoof. We'll see you the next time. <laughs> man, is he a piece of work, right? Woof. Just out there, man. Just out there. Draw your own conclusions. Um, but like one out of every 100 times, he, he makes a good point. I, I got to say, in a lot of ways, I kind of agree with him with this whole, uh, you know, don't say gay nonsense going on. And it was probably good I uh, interviewed him that day when Michael Sean Lee wasn't around because he's, you know, he's he's my liberal buddy. God bless him. He's just, yeah, we're, we're miles apart on this whole thing. As well, truth be told, I am with most of my other friends, too, because for some reason, as a conservative guy, I've got an awful lot of liberal friends. I don't know what's up with that. Does that make me lucky or unlucky? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Professor Snoof. See you in another couple months. Woo! Need a breath of fresh air from that one. Something uplifting, something fun, something Johnny-esque from the archives of the College of Classic Rock Knowledge. Let's go with one of my favorites. Yeah, when you hear that flute, you know it's Jethro Tull time with Mr. Ian Anderson. This one's called The Teacher, and we'll be right back in a couple more minutes with some things, some stuff, and some wrap-up.
Yes, 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 indeed. Love that tune. Definitely one of my favorites by Jethro Tull. And that was off their uh, 1970 album, Benefit. And uh, well, you know, it's one of their songs that, that starts off in that traditional way. It's kind of slow. And it's like building, building, building. And man, right about after the first third of the song when they cut loose, that's just some good shit. You know, and as the story goes... <laughs> Jet, you know, they asked Jethro Tull, why are the flute? Why did why you choose the flute to be, you know, your 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 showpiece? And he said, because, well, simple. I, I saw Eric Clapton play the guitar. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not going to be better than that. Let's try the flute. Yeah, true story. And the rest is history. So the unmistakable sound of Jethro Tull. Of course, led by Mr. Ian Anderson. Again, that song was The Teacher. Oh, what an episode, what an episode. We're all over the place. So, uh, let's see. Looking forward, we're going to be sponsoring another uh, professional wrestling pay-per-view with our good friends at Blitzkrieg Pro. That'll be uh, popping off in May. We'll have more details as that develops. Um, And probably uh, within a couple shows, I think they're coming back to an area closer to the studios in June. So we'll be out there live again, uh, giving away swag and having some merch for Perch. And yes, I'm going to drag Michael Sean Lee with me (laughs) because he's a closet fan of professional wrestling. So I know he wants to go and be a part of things again. Uh, Every time we've gone, we've we've had a blast. Love those guys. Uh, In other news, you know, still cranking out the new material. Um, In terms of our shows, you know, we got another slate of new stuff coming out i believe it's next week which of course means yes another new episode of the rockabilly rumble our longest running show and the one with the most steam seems to be everybody's favorite and it's easy to see why we take a blend of rockabilly psychobilly punk and ska and a little bit of weird stuff we mush it all together and just have some fun with it it's a crazy good time every sunday from seven until nine and other than that it's just about doing the right thing day in and day out so thank you so much for joining us everybody on the somewhat shortened uh episode of riffs and rants and next week we hope to have michael sean lee back with us because it's not the same without him so until then i'm johnny teflon thanks for listening and we'll see you on the flip side